This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. You can't ask for better uh, weather, especially given how horrendous the weather was last week against New England. And by the time we got the kickoff on September 11th, I was at the game. The weather was fine. It was a nice night. But it monsooned in the parking lot if you were tailgating beforehand. So if you're a Jet fan, you might lose big time tonight against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and the Chiefs. But the weather's going to be nice for the tailgates and for the actual games. You have that. I just saw this tweeted out by Rich Samini, some Jets stats against the defending Super Bowl champs. And, well, they're not very good, but most Jets stats, I would imagine, are not very good right now. The Jets have lost six straight and 12 of their past 13 games versus reigning Super Bowl champs. Six-game losing streak is tied with the Falcons for the second-longest active streak in the NFL. The Giants are at nine games. Now, Kansas City has lost four straight at the Jets. They have not beat the Jets in the Meadowlands since 2002. So we'll see if that changes tonight, which streak ends. It's just tough to picture the Jets winning tonight without a special performance by this defense and without just something we have not seen from Zach Wilson, man. Confidence. Throw the ball. Game plan should be. Let it rip. If you're going to the bench next week anyway, Zach, you might as well go down swinging. And I'm watching the Denver Broncos right now. The Jets cannot lose to them next week. The Bears are up 28-14 on Denver. The Bears who could not score so far this year. Justin Fields has four touchdown passes. He's been terrible. He's only been slightly better than Zach Wilson before today. How bad are the Broncos, man? The Jets cannot lose to them next week. That would just be disgusting to allow that to happen. Denver will be 0-4 in that game. And the Jets, if Zach Wilson stinks it up later, have to make a change and have to play Trevor Simeon at quarterback next week. There's no other way. Say whatever you want about Trevor Simeon, man, but here are some numbers to show you how much better Trevor Simeon has been than Zach Wilson. As much as Simeon might not be good, his floor is the same as Wilson's average game. Trevor Simeon's worst single-game passer rating in his last eight games is 71.5. Zach Wilson's career average passer rating is 69.2. And over his last six games, you know, last though I said Zach Wilson looks like he's getting worse, he's regressing, it's because it's true. Zach Wilson's average passer rating over his last six is 61.6. So it's eight points lower than what his average is. So I'm not here to tell you Trevor Simeon is the savior. But in four starts with the Saints in 2021, he averaged 231 yards per game, eight touchdowns, three interceptions, and 86.7 quarterback rating. He's not great, but he is so much better than Zach Wilson, it's not even funny. And that's how sad this is, that Trevor Simeon could be viewed as an upgrade. I can't, man. If you have any pride tonight, Zach, if you have any guts, you let it rip and you leave it all out there. You have nothing to lose. It's the only chance the Jets have, that and a special performance by this defense. 800-919-3776, espn is our number. We got Connor Hughes from SNY coming up at 3.30 later this hour. We'll talk about the Jets and the Chiefs and the Giants and the Seahawks tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. And I want to mention the Giants here for a bit. Giants are now a one-and-a-half point underdog tomorrow against the Seahawks. Andrew Thomas, we know, is out. Saquon Barkley is listed as doubtful. 
Giants have had 10 days to get ready for this game. Brian Dable is the reigning coach of the year. If he's truly as good of a coach as Giants fans think, at home tomorrow with 10 days to prepare, doesn't this feel like a must-win for the Giants? You're facing a team that's coming cross-country. You have a significant rest advantage, travel advantage. Don't the Giants have to win this game if they're the team we thought they were going to be going into the year? A team that last year surprised and made the playoffs. Don't the Giants at home tomorrow night need a big-time performance by Daniel Jones? Yes, the the O-line's got to protect them better. But the Seahawks' defense is not the Niners' defense. Daniel Jones should have more time, even with Andrew Thomas out another week. I mean, the Giants have been behind in games this year for all but 19 seconds. That has to change. And I'm not here to tell you I think the Giants are this great team. They're not the Eagles. They're not the Cowboys. They're not the Niners. I don't even think they're the Lions, who look very good on Thursday Night Football in Lambeau the other night. But, man, don't the Giants have to win this game tomorrow? This is the game you win, and I know they've been abysmal in primetime. They've been bad on Monday night. But come on, man. If Brian Dable is the coach that everyone swears he is, and Daniel Jones is the $40 million a year quarterback, Giants being an underdog at home against a Seahawks team that has to travel cross-country and you have 10 days to prepare for them, this is the game the Giants got to win. I mean, you have to win. If you lose this game, the Giants schedule after that, they, they could be cooked. Giants lose tomorrow, and they're 1-3. and three. They go to Miami and to Buffalo the next two games. I mean, they're looking at 1-5. and five. So this is a game they have to win tomorrow if you want to save your season. I hate saying that on October 1st, right? I hate talking about must-wins this early, but that's the hole the Giants have kind of put themselves in here. And I know Saquon's hurt. I know Andrew Thomas is out. But why are you paying Daniel Jones all this money if he's not good enough to win you this type of game at home? This is the game you got to win. You're the healthier team or healthier team. You have more rest. I know Seattle is a good team. I know Pete Carroll is an outstanding coach. But come on, man. Geno Smith? You're going to let Geno Smith get revenge at MetLife? The guy who uh, Ben McAdoo put in to end Eli Manning's? consecutive starts uh, streak. Come on, man. Show some pride if you're the Giants and win this game tomorrow night. I want the Jets defense to show some pride and somehow make this a game tonight. I want Zach Wilson to show some pride and just let it rip, man. Don't be afraid to take chances downfield. But, man, the Giants as an organization got to show some pride and win this game. I mean, it, it is time. Play with a lead, man. And Daniel Jones, this is this is a moment for you, man. If the Giants can't win tomorrow, how are they beating the Dolphins? And then how are they beating the Bills on the road? It's tough to picture. And given the state of the Jets, are both New York football teams going to be done before they even play each other? Two days before Halloween? New York football was supposed to save us after the abysmal baseball season. And here we are talking about the end of the Jets season, potentially, with their schedule coming up. And if the Giants lose tomorrow, who's picking them against Miami and Buffalo back-to-back weeks? How could you pick them? You can't. 
That's the state of New York football right now. It's not it's not good. 800-919-3776-800-919. ESPN is the number. Jake Asman with you until 6 o'clock. Jets pregame. Dan Gross and Greg Buttle have you covered till kickoff tonight with Bob Lashusen and Marty Lyons. Let's go to Craig in New Jersey. He wants in on the Giants conversation. Craig, thanks for making the call. You're on with Jake Asman. What's going on? Hey, guys, how you doing? Um, I'm a Giant fan, and I'm in agreement with you with, with what you were saying. But um, as much as the things look abysmal, there are other teams that are getting upset or losing. I don't think they're going to lose everything. But the thing I had a contention with, you were saying how the Giants get in the playoffs. I think you forgot how they got in the playoffs because other teams were losing, not because they were winning or so good to begin with. I, they, it, you know, but – yeah, I agree. Though I, they're, they're, I don't, I wouldn't bet on them anyway. But uh, I don't know. They, I don't think they had it anyway. You know, they're they're missing a lot of pieces, and they just don't have it. It's a shame. Craig, thanks for the call. I mean, they got in the playoffs, but they still won nine games last year. So yeah, maybe they needed some help towards the end, and they were better in the first half, as we all remember, than the second half. But the Giants still had to win some games down the stretch last year. All right, that's part of the reason why every Giant fan said you got to pay Daniel Jones. Well, now they paid him. So I understand Saquon is, is unlikely to play. I know he's a game-time decision. He's listed as doubtful. But these are the type of games you got to win when you get paid the big money, right? And I'm not even putting last week on Daniel Jones, right? He, he was under siege against the Niners team. That might be the best team in the NFC. I personally think they are right now. But Seattle's a team you're directly competing with, you would think, for a wild-card spot because I think the Niners win that division the Seahawks are in. So this feels like a game. If you're the Giants, you got to win, man, because if you can't win this game, who can you beat? I, I guess you could beat the Jets. Maybe you split with the Commanders, but like you look at the Giants' schedule here, and like if you can't beat Seattle at home in primetime, this this could start to spiral to a 1-5 start. After all the good vibes last year, you lost seven games all last year. You're already at five. That's why tomorrow I feel like it's such a big game for the Giants and their fans. More of your calls, Jets or Giants. We're talking football. Connor Hughes from SNY covers both teams. Will be joining us at 3:30. Jerry Ferrara, who played Turtle on Entourage and has been in a bunch of other movies and TV shows, he's a diehard Giants fan. He's going to be calling in at 4:30 to talk Giants. And we got Bob Lashues in the radio voice of the Jets, and you can hear him tonight on the station with the call. He'll join us at 5:15. More of your calls next. 800-919. 3 7, 7, 6. Jake Asman with you. It's the Jake Asman Show till 6 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm watching this Bills-Dolphins game right now, and oh my God, are the Bills putting it on the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo's up 41-20 to 20 over a Dolphins team that scored 70 last week. So Josh Allen's got four touchdowns in this game, three of them to Stephon Diggs, makes you appreciate what the Jets' defense did on opening night a little bit more, huh? If only the Jets had a quarterback that's not Zach Wilson, you know, maybe the Jets could hang around this year, if only. But the Dolphins, man, great that they scored all those points last week. To me, it had way more to do with the team they played than them being this great this great team. And they are a very good team, but we got to calm down with the Dolphins' love. All right? let's One, let's see two and make it through a full year. And two, they played the Broncos, who are making Justin Fields look good today. Denver's down 28-14 in the fourth quarter right now to the Bears, who I think are the worst team in the league. 
So maybe we calm down with the Miami Dolphins hype. Bill's putting it on in Orchard Park right now, 41-20. Connor Hughes from SNY will join us in the next segment. Let's get back to your calls right now. Mike's in Brooklyn. Mike, start us off this segment. You're hey, on what's going Gassman. on, man? How you doing? What's up, Mike? Yeah, I, I got something for both New York teams. The OC's got to step it up, you know? The OC is responsible for that kid, the, 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 the Jets quarterback. I mean, he ain't the greatest, but he let the team wear Mike White T-shirts. You think that wasn't going to have some everlasting damage on this guy? Well, that's the head coach. That's not the OC, Mike. No, no, but I'm saying the OC is supposed to start grooming your quarterback. It ain't just it ain't just the head coach. The OC is supposed to be grooming him. Right, that's but the, the Mike White, but Mike, Mike, the Mike White T-shirts from last year. That happened under Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur's watch. Mike LaFleur was fired. He's no longer the team's offensive coordinator. Okay, it's now Nathaniel okay. Hackett. So so, oh, yeah. But, yeah, thanks for correcting me on that one. And the OC for um, the Giants, he got to step it up, too. You got to make plays where this guy can make it. It ain't just an, old, it ain't an offensive line thing. It ain't just them. Everybody got to step up, especially the OC. You got to make plays that work. Mike, appreciate the call. Look, I, I think coaching is a fair criticism in the case – of the Jets. I'll start with them. Right? Miko Hardman, why is he not playing? Jeremy Ruckert, why is he not playing? Do I need to see Randall Cobb out there? I mean, Miko Hardman was good enough to play for the Chiefs in 50% of their offensive snaps last year. On the Jets, you wouldn't even know he's on the team. If he's good enough to play for Patrick Mahomes on the number one offense in the sport a year ago, the Jets can't use Miko Hardman in some packages, his speed, a jet sweep, an end around, something. But, man, if there's guys open, and there were guys open when you watch the film, sometimes it's just on the quarterback to make plays and throw the ball. I mean, Zach Wilson had the most time to throw in the league last week. You can't blame the O-line. He had, the, he had more time than anyone. He, he averaged more than three seconds in the pocket. He had time. He's got to throw. So I, I don't love the Jets' offensive play calling, but, I, I mean, at what point do we just say, hey, Zach Wilson's on his second offensive coordinator. It's the same complaints. Maybe it's just the quarterback being terrible. Jets' offense moved the ball effectively when anyone not named Zach Wilson has been their quarterback the last couple of years, whether it's Mike White, Joe Flacco, and no one brings this up, Josh Johnson off the bench in a Thursday night game two years ago against the Colts threw for 300 yards. Zach Wilson can't ever throw for 300 yards. And when he does, it usually means there's at least three interceptions in that game. And then for the Giants, look, Daniel Jones was under siege last week. I don't know how much of that is on Brian Dable on the play calling. You played the best team in the league. That's why tomorrow, to me, it's on Daniel Jones to go out there, make some plays. You're the $40 million uh, a year quarterback. And even without Saquon Barkley, find a way to win. Seattle's not an elite defense. They're a good team. But, man, if you're the Giants and you're at home, talk about the height of disrespect. You're an underdog at home tomorrow when you've had 10 days to get ready for the Seahawks. Seattle's 2-1. and one. They made the playoffs last year, but so did you. They have a they have a, a, a good football team, but if the Giants can't beat them at home in a primetime spot, I, I start to worry about this Giants season potentially spiraling. Miami and Buffalo, the next two opponents, and you're going to get Miami next week, and they're going to be pissed off coming off a loss to the Bills as they're getting their doors blown off currently right now. That's why tomorrow is so important for the Giants. The Jets, I mean, look, no one's expecting them to win. they got to be Denver next week. That's the key to all this. They got to win next week, get to two and three, 
and just stop the bleeding for a week. And I think next week it's Simeon at quarterback, not Wilson, who at least can maybe be a game manager. But, man, the New York football scene, when this was supposed to be the thing that got us through the fall after the disastrous baseball season where neither team's going to the playoffs. It's just sad where we're at. It really is. 800-919-3776. Jake Asman with you here until 6 o'clock. Let's go to Bobby in Belmore. He's up next on our show. Bobby, thanks for making the call. What do you got for us? Yeah, I tell you why Harlem's not playing, because Coach Rogers slash Kevin Durant wants the old man Cobb playing. But anyway, when we get to to uh, the T-shirts also and, and the Jets, uh, you know, they, they have a I Got Your Back T-shirt now. But how about Wilson Sucks T-shirt? I, I think that's to the, I think that uh, it kind of fits the point. But anyway, by the time they play the Giants, uh, they're both going to be 2-5 and five at the best if they lose to Seattle. And that, by how just the Giants are both going to be 2-5. and five. Maybe they'll beat Denver. Maybe. You know, and and I don't think and maybe the Giants will be Washington. They should be Washington at home. But the Wisconsin guy how you know, the new quarterback, they could even lose to Washington at home. They they don't beat Seattle. But at the best the best is gonna be two and five. Well the, the Jets now, would be two and four because they got the bye before the Giants game. But I see your point. I mean if the Jets don't beat Denver, well, they, they could be oh, Philly, don't they have Philadelphia? Oh, oh it's after the bye? So they, they play they they have uh obviously Kansas City tonight, Denver next week, Philly, then the bye. Okay, so it'd be two and four. Okay, well, anyway, uh, the Giants got Billy twice, Dallas, and Washington at Washington. That's four losses. So if they lose Seattle, it's nine losses. So they're going to be done. You know, the Jets. You know, the Jets. I mean, we know they have Buffalo, Miami twice. You know, they got uh, the Chargers. You know, so I mean, they're going to have at least nine losses also. So you know, I think I think after the baseball teams, the expectations were so high. And now the football team expectations were so high, you're gonna get another disaster. Like like what baseball happened happened in baseball with the Yankees and the Mets. Same thing. Yeah, Bobby, so, thanks know, for the call. I mean, it, it's it's tough to argue with you right now based on what we've seen. And look, that's why the Giants got to win tomorrow, so that doesn't happen. And then you start to get some confidence that hey, you get Saquon back, and then you can compete with the Dolphins. You can compete with the Bills. But if you can't beat Seattle at home tomorrow. What faith would the Giant fan have you're going to beat Dolphins and Bills in back-to-back weeks? That's the problem here. And from the Jets' standpoint, look, their schedule after the bye does open up. It does. Can they get to the bye at 2-4? and Because I don't think they're beating the Chiefs tonight, and I don't think they're beating the Eagles. They have to beat the Broncos. Let's say they lose to Philadelphia. They're 2-4 and four at their bye. If they come out of the bye with a new quarterback or Simeon, can they beat the Giants? I mean, it's a winnable game for the Jets. It's a winnable game for both teams. But then all of a sudden, the Jets then are 3-4 and four with home games back-to-back weeks. Or excuse me, a home game against the Chargers on Monday night. I don't trust the Chargers. I know they have Justin Herbert. But, man, Brandon Staley is a horrific coach. I don't trust him in prime time. Jets could absolutely win that game with capable quarterback play at home. And then you play at the Raiders. Who's their quarterback then? It's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who's made out of glass. Aiden O'Connell, a rookie? Or... Brian Hoyer? So all of a sudden you win that game, you won three straight, you're five and four. And those listening might be saying, what, the Jets are going to win multiple games in a row? It's possible with capable quarterback play. And I'm not here to tell you Trevor Simeon is the savior. But once again, he is so much more of an upgrade over Zach Wilson, it's not even funny. Just look at the numbers. Trevor Simeon 
His average passer rating is so much higher than anything we have seen from Zach Wilson. How about Trevor Simeon at his worst over his last eight starts? His worst passer rating in any of those games was 71.5. Zach Wilson, average passer rating is 69. Over his last six games, it's way down to 61.6. Simeon's better. He at least can get the ball to Garrett Wilson. And as we saw last year, anyone who's not Zach Wilson, this team rallies around. Like, Trevor Simeon could at least be a game manager with this team. They could win games behind this defense. They can. They should be 2-1 right now with, with Trevor Simeon if he was brought in after Aaron Rodgers got hurt right away. And could have maybe bailed you out in the second half against that New England uh, against the Patriots last week. So, like, the Jets season, it's, it feels unlikely, but it's actually savable if they could beat Denver next week. It, it's still not out of the total question. That's why it's so beyond frustrating that they went into this year with no plan besides Zach Wilson if, God forbid, something happened to Rodgers. And then Joe Douglas doubled down on not having a plan by not adding a quarterback immediately after Rodgers got hurt in week one. You could have had Simeon brought in the next day. Makes no sense, and it's disgusting if you're a Jet fan. Connor Hughes, who covers both the Jets and the Giants for SNY, will join us on the other side. We'll get into Jets Chiefs with Connor, the quarterback situation, and obviously preview tomorrow night's Giants Seahawks game as well. Jake Asman with you till six o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chicago was up big, and then Justin Fields tried to throw the ball to nobody. It was a fumble, returned the other way. Denver has tied it up. 28 all between arguably the two worst teams in the NFL. And, of course, the Jets will play the Denver Broncos in Denver next week. More on the Jets right now. We'll head out to our guest hotline. We bring on SNY's Connor Hughes, who's kind enough with his time here on a Sunday. Connor, always appreciate your time, my friend. Hope all is well, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, everything's coming. I'm actually on my way to the stadium. Denver tied that game. They just tied it up. I mean, the Bears are so bad. It is mind-boggling. How's Fields? I saw he was, like, when I left the house, he was, like, 23 to 24, something like that. Is he just kind of coming back down to earth? Yeah, I mean, I, they, I have red zone on, so they keep going in now. He just he just missed a wide-open running back for a check down. It just – these teams are so bad, it's hard to imagine how yep. we got here with either one. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so you're on your way to the game. Let me ask you this. There were a lot of reports throughout the week, another one today from Diana Rossini in The Athletic, that the Jets' locker room is – basically about to explode. From what you're hearing, how true is that, and where are we at with this Jets team right now? I, I think there's definitely frustrations. Uh, I, I think that there's definitely some tension, but uh, I, I think a lot of it and the reason for it is, is that, man, we, we've just picked up where we left off last year, right? This isn't like uh, new struggles that came about. This isn't like something else is giving the Jets problems. This is everything that held them back last season. The reason why they missed the playoffs last season, rearing its ugly head. So the frustrations and the tension that were there last year, you're not starting from square one. You're almost picking up where you left off last season with those struggles and with those tensions and stuff like that. Now, uh, I will say that, that this, this feeling in the locker room, it, it, it's not coach-related. It's not like they have, they've given up on Robert Sala, they've given up on Joe Douglas. It's just they realize that they have 
a championship-level defense. They realize that they have elite-level playmakers on offense. They realize that that offensive line is not nearly as bad as people think, yet they are not winning games because of one player and one position. And if the Jets aren't going to make a change to that spot, uh, it, it could get ugly. Yeah. Trevor Simeon was signed on Tuesday, Connor. Is tonight, if it goes poorly for Zach Wilson, his final start as a Jet, could they go to Simeon next week against the Broncos? You know, I brought that up. Well, uh, they're actually going to say tonight. Because I brought it up to somebody uh, about the, you know, say this game is Evan uh, uh, Roberts is actually the one who's talking about this. Um, say it gets ugly there in the first uh, the first half, but it's still a game. It's ugly offensively, but the defense keeps the minute you pull the plug and, and go to Simeon in this game. Uh, similar to when the Jets went to um, uh, uh, let go of, of Zach against the Jaguars last year um, and ended up going to Chris Strebler, could you potentially do that? Um, my understanding is that that's not in the cards tonight, uh, and even if he plays poorly, the way that it was phrased to me was that the Jets have no anticipations, or, or they actually are expecting Zach to play pretty well tonight. Now, obviously, that's fingers and toes crossed, I think. But uh, I think that as long as this isn't a colossal failure tonight, as long as Zach shows something, uh, they'll stick with him going into that Bronco game. But if things get out of hand in Denver, that's when you're going to have to make a switch because uh, the Denver Broncos, they're not the Buffalo Bills. They are not the Kansas City Chiefs. They are not the Dallas Cowboys. They are a very, very bad football team. And if that can't get it going there, uh, he's just not going to get it going. And, and you can't keep running this season into the ground for one player and holding him, in a, holding him to a different standard than everybody else. Connor Hughes from SNY with us here on 98.7 ESPN. Covers both the Jets and the Giants. You'll watch him on Jets pregame live coming up later. And his new Jet show called Jets Class is SNY's new digital Jet show. Connor, so someone you spoke to around the Jets said they expect Zach Wilson to play well tonight. Like, why? I, 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 like, why? What evidence do we have that would suggest that Zach Wilson is going to be able to play just a, at a competent level in this game tonight? I, I think they're going to let him sling it. You know, when you think about Zach Wilson last year, and, and look, if anyone does that any about me, I am far, far from a Zach Wilson apologist. Uh, but if you looked at what he struggled with last year, aside from not pulling the trigger, aside from turning the ball over, aside from just basically uh, showing and an, an he was incapable of running an NFL offense last year, the majority of his issues were the fact that the throws were there and he just wasn't hitting them. He was bouncing guys and on screen passes, sailing it over his hands. He couldn't even make the layoffs. Uh, Zach's shown an ability this season to hit those layoffs. His problem is that he's been gut, a trigger shy to pull the, gun, uh, pull the trigger on guys that are open in the secondary uh, whether it be Garrett Wilson, whether it be Alan Lazard. And then if you think about that touchdown drive that the Jets had last week, that's kind of when Zach even said this after the game. He was like, you know what, we got to make plays. we got to do something here. Let's just let it fly. And he did. And you saw uh, you know, the 20-something-yard laser to Alan Lazard, got him down there, got him into the end zone. So uh, I think that tonight there's been, an, or there's been an emphasis this week in practice to let Zach open it up. And uh, if he's afraid of making the, the back-breaking mistake, just don't be afraid. Just if you see it, trust it, and throw it. And I think the Jets are hopeful that that's going to happen tonight and guys could be open and hit him. Now, look, they were also optimistic last week, and they were obviously everyone and their uncle, they, they spread to anyone with ears about how confident he was going into the Cowboy game, and it really hasn't made that big of a difference. So I, I think this is probably the last breath that they have of, we're sticking with this guy. We believe he can do it. And then if he, again, struggles as much as he has in the last couple of weeks, uh, I see no other option than to make a switch next week or at least make a switch uh, after a quarter or so against Denver. 
Connor, what is the significance, if there is any, of Aaron Rodgers speaking to the team last night at the team hotel and, and being at this game later? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, like, I, I get the sense almost like the way the Jets have acted the last couple of weeks and specifically on the sideline last week where you had Garrett Wilson uh, uh, noticeably frustrated with Hackett uh, and, and Zach Wilson, then obviously you had Michael Carter going at another coach in a, in a demonstrative way. It almost felt like the, you know, the, when, when your teacher leaves in high school and you've got the substitute in there and, and things just kind of start going crazy and guys are running around and, and it's just you know the, the discipline falls off. It almost feels like Aaron Rodgers coming back maybe is that calming presence on the sideline and, and, and can keep guys together and, and say a couple of the right things. But, look, he's not going to be on the field and, and he's not going to be in the huddle. And I don't think he's going to be on the sideline because obviously you can't run the risk of somebody – going off the side and tumbling into him, and then you re-injure, re-injure up his, uh, his Achilles. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it felt good to have him there. I'm sure he was a good motivational speaker. I'm sure the guys were, were amped up after that speech. But they're going to bed. They're showing up today. They're going out on that field, and then Aaron Rodgers is not there. So I'm sure it was a morale boost last night, but as far as how much of an impact it's going to have on the game, I'm not sure it will have much at all. Connor Hughes from SNY with us here on the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Connor, if the Jets somehow are in the game in the fourth quarter, what has to happen for that to even be possible? Yeah, I was talking to somebody about that uh, actually this morning. So I've got a hit, uh, pregame hit for SNY and was just kind of digging around to, to find stuff. And basically what they were saying is like, look, we're, we're not ignorant. We're, we, we realize that it is going to be a Herculean task for any defense to hold the Kansas City Chiefs under 30. I mean, they are that good. And I know what the Lions did in the opener, but they also played that game without Travis Kelsey. As long as Kelsey's out there and Mahomes is out there and that offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, it is so, so hard to keep them down. So the Jets' game plan and the way they want to try to keep this one close is basically to keep Mahomes off the field. Steal a possession or two if you can punch a ball out, maybe get an interception on an ill-advised pass, force a fumble, something like that. But – basically try to limit the Chiefs' ability to score by limiting how much they are actually on the field. Now, their time of possession is one of the worst in the league. They obviously haven't been able to run the ball the last few weeks. They haven't been able to extend drives at all, especially last week. But that's kind of their goal. If they want to keep this one close, they're not going into this one saying, we're going to shut down the Chiefs' offense. They're going into this one saying, let's try to limit their explosive plays and then keep them off the field as much as we can by keeping our offense on it. Connor Hughes from SNY with us here. Covers the Jets and the Giants for SNY, of course. And, Connor, the Giants tomorrow against the Seahawks. Monday Night Football. Giants had 10 days to get ready for this one, and they're, they are a one-and-a-half-point underdog at MetLife tomorrow. Does it feel like it's it's almost a must-win for the Giants, given their schedule with the Dolphins and the Bills after that? Oh, it is. I mean, I think, I think it's just the must-win of all must-win games because – uh, I, I actually, yeah, I don't know what the score of the Bills Dolphins game was because that was getting, I think the Bills scored right as I was leaving. I don't know if you can, you can give me that in. 48 20 Bills, Connor. Okay, all right, never mind. So it looks like the, <laughs> so that was a bad bet by me. I thought, so, I thought the Dolphins were going to keep going close. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't see the Giants in any way, shape, or form beating the Bills, and I don't see them beating the Dolphins as well. I just, I know that defense, uh, they're better a little bit than what they were last year, but I just don't think they can run with those players. So this is a must-win. Otherwise, the Giants are staring one and five, one and six in the face, um, and so they're going to need they're going to need to get this one under their belt, uh, absolutely. And I think the pressure is amplified a little bit. I think Brian Dable realizes that. But the big thing here, man, is that they're going to try to beat a Seattle team 
which is so well coached and has legitimate playmakers on the field. And Geno Smith, who obviously has had a resurgence of his career, and they're going to try to do all of this without Andrew Thomas at left tackle, without Saquon Barkley at running back. And you saw what that offensive line looked like uh, against San Francisco when Andrew Thomas is not out there and what the Giants' run game looked like without Saquon Barkley out there. It's going to be a tall task for the Giants, uh, especially down arguably their two best offensive players. Any chance Barkley does play tomorrow? I know he's doubtful, but I heard Brian Dable say it's going to be right up till game time. Uh, is there any scenario where you could see him actually suiting up in this one? Uh, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing about Saquon, man, is that he's dealt with these lower leg injuries a few times in his career. I think it's three other times. He's come back, quote-unquote, earlier than he was supposed to come back all three times, and he was terrible when he came back. And then after he came back and after the season was over, he admitted to the media, I came back too early. So I think the Giants need to just protect Saquon from himself. Really, I mean, it's a high ankle sprain. He's a running back. I mean, this isn't like you can you – know, Trav- uh, have a to the Super Bowl, I mean, you can kind of limit it a little bit with a quarterback so that he can play earlier. Uh, but Saquon's going to have to cut, and it's going to basically feel like he's breaking his leg every time he tries to cut and move left and right. So I really don't think it's going to happen. The fact that he's doubtful and not questionable really makes me think it's not going to happen. And even if he does, he's going to be so far from 100% that it's almost like why you have him out there. Connor, really appreciate your time, my friend. Safe ride over to MetLife, and good luck on SNY, and, and appreciate you, you stopping by the show. No problem, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Connor Hughes, Jets and Giants, lead reporter for SNY with us there. You can watch him on Jets pregame live coming up and his new Jets show, Jets Class. SNY's digital show available on SNY's digital platforms. Appreciate Connor's time. He says Zach Wilson is going to be slinging it tonight. At least that's what the Jets coaches want him to do. We'll talk about that next. Any scenario where Zach Wilson can sling it and actually look good doing it. We'll explore that theory next right here. Jake Asman with you, 98.7 ESPN New York. In the previous segment, Jerry Ferrara, who starred as Turtle on the HBO show Entourage, been in a bunch of movies and other TV shows. He's going to be joining us next hour at 4.30. Jerry is a diehard Giants fan, but if you watch the show Entourage where he's always wearing Giants stuff, you already knew that. He'll join us. We'll talk about tomorrow night's must-win for the Giants against the Seahawks. Something Connor Hughes said last segment in our conversation that I found intriguing is that the Jets apparently are going to let Zach Wilson, quote, sling it tonight. That's what Connor said he's heard from people within the Jets organization. And to that I say, good. What do you have to lose? Last week, Zach Wilson played scared. And maybe part of that is how he was coached. But you're not going to beat the Chiefs trying to just check it down and avoid a turnover. Like, yeah, Zach Wilson didn't turn the ball over last week. Great. Guess what? Kansas City Chiefs are scoring more than 13 points on offense. The Jets' defense could play well, and they're they're going to allow more than 13 points. We're talking about the Chiefs. It's an unreasonable standard if you think the Jets are going to be able to pitch a shutout and they can win 3-0 tonight. It's not going to happen. And here's the thing. The Jets have playmakers. Garrett Wilson can make plays. Alan Lazard can make plays. Brees Hall can make plays. We would never know because he doesn't play, but Miko Hardman can make plays. You don't need to try and just dink and dunk and check it down and be conservative to win. That's not going to work against the Chiefs. And look, I've seen Zach Wilson sling it before, and when Zach Wilson is thrown, the average number of passes in a game, which is 33, He's 1-8 with 12 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, a 53% completion percentage, and 264 yards per game. 
When Zach Wilson throws 25 times or less, the Jets are actually 6-3. and three. But the problem with that strategy is you're playing the Chiefs. I can't speak. You're playing the Chiefs. That's not going to work. There has to be some sort of balance, man. I'm not saying Zach Wilson goes out there and he throws 45 times tonight. But can you be aggressive on first down if you're the Jets? Can you allow Zach Wilson to take some chances downfield? Just tell him, hey, Garrett Wilson's the read here. Throw it to him. If he's not open, it's on us. That has to be the strategy tonight. And if Wilson can't do it, if he's afraid to pull the trigger, then get him out of the game. Because I don't think it's as easy as, oh, tell Zach to sling it, and he doesn't. He's not seeing the field. He, he's a guy who lacks confidence. He doesn't believe he's throwing the ball to open players because he's not seeing open players. You know, I, I, at least Sam Darnold saw ghosts. Zach Wilson can't see anything. That's my fear. Boy, would I take Sam Darnold right now. God, and he's stunk too. Let's not have revisionist history, Jet fans. He was terrible his last year with the Jets as well. But Sam Darnold on this team would have the Jets at 2-1 and one right now. Facts are facts. That's how bad Zach Wilson has been. Throw the damn ball. And if it gets picked, it is what it is. You're getting benched for Trevor Simeon next week anyway. What do you have to lose? Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback, ESPN NFL analyst. He joins the Michael K. Show every Wednesday on this station. This was Dan Orlovsky on Get Up the other day talking about taking the handcuffs off Zach Wilson. They got to take the handcuffs off. We got to stop babying Zach Wilson. If you go postgame last week, him and Bob Schusen are talking, who's the play-by-play guy for the Jets radio, and Zach says, well, my job is to take care of the football and then try and make a play on third down. No, it's not. We have to stop treating this young man like he's absolutely not talented at all. I'm so tired of everybody saying the way that they play football is, hey, just don't give the ball away. We'll play good defense, good special teams, and we'll have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. How's that working out, Jets? When you try to baby a player and you try to hold him back, this is what happens. You don't really actually have the chance to win the football game. Your defense is never allowed to dictate the flow of the game. Zach Wilson's scared to throw the football. This is what has to happen, okay? You, as a defense, the defensive player should walk into Robert Sala's offenses and be like, tell the kid to let it loose. And if we're as good as everyone says we are and you think we are, we'll make up for it. If he throws a pick, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll handle it. And as an offensive staff, and I like Nathaniel Hackett, and I love Todd Downing, their quarterback coach. I think they're really good football minds. You guys need to design plays Hello. that gets cat, cats open and tell Zach, throw it to the guy we tell you to throw it to. And guess what? If it's a pick, it's on us. We'll design better plays. You watch this young man play, and all you see is, please don't make a mistake. Please don't make a mistake. Please don't make a mistake. He's broken. He's broken. So here's my thing. I agree with what Dan Orlovsky is saying there, right? Take the handcuffs off. Tell Zach, hey, throw it here. Let's go. Let it rip. But at the end of that cut, he's saying he's broken. So why would I think that he's magically going to be fixed if they tell him to do that? You know, I, you know, I was watching some film breakdown this week from several people that do this for a living. One of them, Chase Daniel, went from backup quarterback in this league to now media analyst. And on his YouTube channel, he's showing play after play where there's guys running free and Zach is afraid to throw it. So the coaching staff in one week could say, hey, Zach, we know you're petrified to make a mistake, but now it's okay if you do. I don't know if I see Zach Wilson being able to do that. What's mind-boggling about this scenario is the Jets told you themselves that Zach needed a two-year reset. They said he's going to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers was going to be here for at least two years. Rodgers has even said that. 
we went from a complete reset where he wasn't supposed to play at all this year to now he needs to play and you have no help behind him. Once again, as much as I could kill Zach Wilson for being terrible, it's beating a dead horse. This is on the front office. It is organizational malpractice that Zach Wilson is even starting against Patrick Mahomes tonight. And as a Jet fan, I already know what this game's going to be. It's going to be the, oh, the Taylor Swift game. You have the butt fumble game. You have the fake spike game. You have all these games synonymous with Jet failures, and we're going to add the Taylor Swift game to that list tonight. That's my fear. And if Zach Wilson gets off to an uh, abysmal start in this game, like last week when the Jets on their first nine possessions had 61 total yards of offense, he needs to hit the bench. I don't care if it's Tim Boyle. He can't be worse. Show some pride tonight if you're Zach Wilson. Let it rip, man, if you're capable of doing it, which is my biggest fear. His confidence might be so down in the dumps, I don't know if he's capable of doing that. And that's what concerns me. Back to your calls right now. Our guy Ira in Staten Island. He's on his way to the game. What's up, Ira? Hey, what's happening, Jay? Good to hear you. And you know what? I, I, couldn't disagree with, I couldn't agree with you more about what you just said. Let him go out there and play. But the end, we both know what the end results would be. But at the end of the day, I got to kind of, I'm not making an excuse for him. I feel bad for him because I think he's gotten beaten down. Protect the ball. Don't make the mistake. Throw it away. Go down. Don't live for another play that he's actually uh, he's afraid to play. And I, you can't, as an athlete, you can't go from one extreme to the next. So, like you just said, I hate to say it. I hope you're wrong. But the spike game, the butt fumble game, you're right. At the end of the night, there's a very good chance this is going to be the Taylor Swift game. Ira, thanks for the call, man. Safe driving. Look, I want to be wrong. That's what pains me, man. I, I just I've been I've been burnt too many times trying to believe in Zach Wilson. You know, it's funny. They used to call me a Zach Wilson truther. Now I'm a Zach Wilson hater. Maybe I'm just a Jeff fan who wants to just see this team be good and has seen anyone not named Zach Wilson the last couple of years come in and operate this offense way better than Zach Wilson ever has. I mean, I'm watching C.J. Stroud right now. The Texans are about to be 2-2. Two and two. They're up 30-6 to six on the Steelers. C.J. Stroud hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's four games into his career. You know, we've watched Taylor Heineke win games in this league. We've watched all these backups. Gardner Minshew win games in this league. Last week, Gardner Minshew beat the Ravens. Josh Dobbs, who got picked up two weeks before the year started, lead the Cardinals to a win over the Cowboys last week. And, like, here's Zach Wilson in year three, and it's like, oh, we, you know, he needs a reset. We got to treat him like he's a rookie all over again. So if you wanted to do that, then why is he playing tonight? How were you not prepared after Aaron Rodgers got hurt? I hated going into the year with Zach as the backup, but I accepted that was going to be the case. But the second Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and no one could have predicted it would happen on the opening drive of the year. You can't blame the Jets for that one. How do you not have Trevor Simeon signed? Because that's who you ended up with. There was no major splash move they were working on. Like if they somehow acquired Kirk Cousins, to be like, well, they were, they were waiting for the Vikings to fall out of it. That's why they couldn't do it. But they're not doing that. And all the reports are the Vikings aren't trading Kirk Cousins yet. And the Titans won today. They blew out the Bengals, by the way. So Ryan Tannehill, is he going to be available when the Titans are 2-2 two and two and all of a sudden that division appears to be wide open in the AFC South? Why would they trade him? Mike Rabel's not punting on the year down there. His job could be on the line. So if you were not going to sign or trade for one of those quarterbacks I just mentioned, 
why wasn't Simeon signed the second the season ended, which it essentially did with Rodgers going down. Your Super Bowl dream season ended. But your 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 goal to make the playoffs didn't end. You can't tell me making the playoffs if you're the Jets is not a huge benefit for that team. You'd find out you have a real head coach in Robert Sala, which the jury is still out on. You'd get some playoff experience. You'd feel great going into the next year with Rodgers coming back. And now we're going to throw away another year because Zach Wilson's inept and you don't want to do anything about it? God, I hope he plays well tonight. I hope this defense shows up. I think the defense will show up. But, man, if the Jets can't score, you can't win. And that's the reality. More on this game when we come back. Jake Asman with you, 98.7 ESPN New York.